Let's ride. offended by a joke that was made these people or even the base of their agree they're the ones getting mad about a joke Jimmy Kimmel made that's fucking ridiculous anyway no playing this ride hosted by me blackout the son your father wish he had the father your son will never have blackout so, so check this shit out so apparently Jimmy Kimmel made some jokes about Melania Trump and her accent when she was reading the book at the White House Easter party Decent dot instead of this and that. Oh, Sean Hannity from Fox News got all pissed off and he called him ass clown or some shit and he was like, how many languages do you speak? That's her fifth, whatever. I'm like, really, man? With all the shit they gave the past president and the past first lady, all of a sudden, Fox News wants to act like snowflakes, man. What's up with that, man? I, I, I know I shouldn't expect the moral compass to be there. But I still gotta ask, like how you how you gonna be one way and not and not be the same? What they say on the brilliant idiots, you gotta keep the same energy. Where was all this energy at a couple years ago when they were talking shit about um Michelle Obama letting her arms be seen when they were calling her gorilla and all the shit on the internet. Like she don't have degrees. Come on man, like Quit being a baby back bitch, Mr. Hannity. You want to talk about everybody else being sensitive and call everybody liberals and libtards and snowflakes and all this shit. And then you can't even take a joke directed at somebody else who cheated on wife. Can't take that joke? Can't take that joke, huh? Maybe you want some Stormy Daniels jokes or some shit? You being the big man on the TV talk shit about the president for the last eight years, you can't take a harmless joke? Yo, Fox News got to relax. They've been trash for so long, it's ridiculous. But I still tune in. I give them a couple a couple views every now and again just so I can laugh at their stupidity, man. But that was um, that was crazy. Usually it's, it's uh, Laura Ingram that's on my radar for saying stupid shit and then trying to act like she didn't mean it a certain type of way. But Hannity, he's, he's one of my favorites to pick on. He's been an asshole for a long time. So it's good to see him take a little social media L. At the hands of Jimmy Kimmel, man. I thought I thought that was fantastic, man. And I'm going to be real with you guys. I don't have a lot of news today. I tried to record earlier, and I didn't like what I did. So I deleted that shit. I stepped my dumb ass in the gym to try to do a little bit of cardio. And I'm out here in the, riding the struggle bus, man, trying to give you guys this podcast. So we can see what I'm going to do, and I'm going to do what I can see, or some shit like that. So for I do have some interesting news, though. There was three people, unfortunately, that died during a charter bus shooting in Rockford, Illinois. Shout out to Roseanne and them. But I, I don't I don't know where I don't know why this isn't bigger news. I happened to have a little news app that it popped up on and I was like, that shit is crazy. Like who would like who would do that? Like we've had we've had at, at the crib I think in Jacksonville, Florida, somebody shot at a bus. And to me that's just immense sucker shit. You shoot at a vehicle full of people. Like do you were you trying to target everybody? Did you have one target? Did you even 
hit who you intended to hit. And then, as of late, I haven't got anything. I don't think they caught the person yet. But that's some sucker shit, man. I hope they catch that guy and give him a... And let three people shoot him. Yeah, that's what I... That's what I want. Because I'm petty today. And uh, I don't know how, how long I'm going to last on this podcast. Because I'm tired, man. I'm tired, baby. But I'm going to try to give you all the shits real quick. And give you my little... um. My little weekly spill of the events. I know I missed a lot of shit. There's a lot of shit with Trump going on right now about the Dow being all fucked up. And I'm going to tell you all this. Listen. Listen. I'm going to be 100% honest with you on this. Don't let that stock market shit fool you. Because my belief is when all these stocks fall, somebody's going to make a lot of money. You got to look at who's in office right now and his connections to Wall Street and just the finance world, period. To me, these meetings at Mar-a-Lago are, are deeper than what people think. These golf meetings, to me, are business meetings. So when these things come into effect, I feel like anytime a price on stocks drop, that's when people, savvy people, are going to buy, buy, buy. And they're going to do options and all the other shit I'm not versed enough in stocks to explain. But I guarantee you, somebody's going to make some loot off this situation. Somebody's about to get paid, son. Because slowly but surely, the market will creep back up if we're lucky. But I don't think with the current people in power right now, they would let the market slip like that and then not bounce back to benefit them. You got to think about the shit that's happened in the past. Like Katrina was a fucking tragedy. But what those developers do, all the people with money, they swept right on in and bought all that shit. And I hear the same thing is going on now in uh, Puerto Rico with, uh, with, all the, with the storm and shit and all the power being gone and all that shit. They about to turn Puerto Rico into fucking Jamaica. And it's not shit on Jamaica, but you just don't hear about it being as big a tourist attraction as you hear about with Jamaica and people going there. So my belief is that people are going to buy up all that land in Puerto Rico and either expatriate, expat or whatever, and move there. Or they're going to go there and open up businesses because if you're a person that capitalizes on shit like this, that's what you're going to do. If you're in that, within that financial realm, like, oh, these people are leaving their homes whatever, you don't have a conscience because this is business. And you can't really have a conscience when it comes to you going about your business if, if you're built in that framework. If, you're, if that's what you've been around your whole life and that's what, um, and that's what your aspirations have been and that's your environment, that's what you're going to do. That's what venture capitalists do. They go inside, they, they get in these companies, they fucking buy them up, then they downsize and create new ways to save money and they fire a bunch of fucking people and they get all the money. And people lose their fucking jobs. That's just what happens when people who like, say, people who like to slap their name on the buildings, they'll slap their name on buildings and build yachts and build state companies and build all these other companies and then shit don't pan out. People don't get fucking paid after all that work they put in. But the person at the top still has the money. And I, that, unfortunately for Puerto Rico, that's the way I think this is going to roll unless they have something in place that prevents that from happening. But with them being the United States territory, I don't really see how they can prevent this, especially when be, with them being in a situation where they need aid right now. I just can't foresee them being able to block people with money from moving in there. And me, for me, like if if we want to give up give up a piece of this island, you got to bring something to the table. You got to help the affected areas with, that don't have water or electricity or there's food shortages, anything. You got to be bringing something real to the table. But do I expect that of the type of people that are going to go there buy up the land absolutely not 
I expect them to be the type of people that they are. The type of people that the type of people that would capitalize on somebody else being asked out. And that's just the way the world works. It's unfortunate, but it's a real thing, man. It's, it's sad, but it's true. And um, what a, <laughs> I do have a, a bit of other news for all the, uh, the UFC fans out there. And this is halfway sports, halfway regular-ass news, but it, this shit made headline news, so I got to speak on it. So your boy, number 50 on uh, Floyd's list, Conor McGregor. Man, I don't know if y'all know. I don't even know. If the people on that bus knew, but somebody pissed Conor McGregor and his homies the fuck off to the point where they stormed a UFC event. And it wasn't like a fight. I think it may have been like a weigh-in or like, I think it was like a media day. And they went in there looking for some of the fighters and they were on the bus and they started throwing shit through uh, the fucking bus windows. Like one guy got cut on the face. I think somebody else got cut on the hands and shit. And it might have fucked up the whole UFC 223 or whatever the fuck it is. I don't keep track. It might have messed up the whole event. And then you have his boy, Dana White, who was championing for him to beat Floyd and to, to try to pull Floyd into MMA. You have him now shitting on Conor McGregor. That's probably his top draw. And I'm going to say this, even with this incident, I believe would really be your top draw. Because now you're going to have fighters talking about how he ain't shit more than they were before. So my thing is, after his case, which, you know, he got money, he may beat him, may get knocked down. I feel like he's going to be red hot. And that would really be the time to bring him back to the UFC to make that money. And especially because I'm pretty sure he's going to fight somebody on that bus. Or otherwise, I don't know the reason of you throwing shit through bus windows. Because that fight's going to be fucking real. And I don't think that's going to be no damn slugfest. I, like, I might actually pay to see a fight like that. You mean a motherfucker threw... A goddamn dolly through the window and cut me in my face. Oh, I'm trying to knock all his goddamn teeth out. And I'm starting with the back teeth. <laughs> that, that would be the type of energy I would have for somebody like that. So if we can get paid for me to fuck him up or potentially fuck him up, I'm with that. I, my thing is I'd be like, hell yeah, drop the charges. Drop the charges and he going to fight me for free and I want his purse. That's how you do that. That's, that's how I would flip it. But it just goes to show you, man, how... Some of these motherfuckers, you, you think, though, they're just a clown for social media, they're just a clown for the internet or whatever. Even though he got his ass whipped in that boxing ring, <laughs> Conor McGregor might be that dude, man. He, <laughs> Irish dude, I don't know what the streets of Ireland are like. Maybe they were rough, maybe he was poor, but shit. Apparently, with this situation, he went bullshit. Him and whoever he was with, I don't know the rest of the names because, quite frankly, I don't really follow boxing. I mean, I don't follow UFC like that. None of that mixed martial law. I don't really follow it like that. But whoever pissed him off, man, I personally feel like you got to get them in the ring together, man. Because that's a fight I made. I made. I won't buy it. I'll show up to your house. Like, I'll bring some chips and some and some soda and some beer and shit. I'm not going to buy the fight, though. No, I'll bring some shit. Um, some ramen noodles or something. I would bring something. Maybe a nicely folded T-shirt. But I'm not really going to contribute to the pay-per-view may buy this company that make a few people laugh and that's my payment but i'm not really gonna pay you for that so yeah I, I, i'll show up <laughs> i'll show up and laugh the whole time well yeah I, I just i would like to see that man not enough for me to pay maybe for me to um stream it off of instagram like i did with the last fight he was in shout out to the homie tori for that she hooked it up but yeah oh keeping with boxing 
that man, uh, Deontay Wilder, the Brown Bomber, got on, um, he got on the Breakfast Club, I believe, and he said something to the effect of, I want to catch a body in the ring. And I, like, apparently media is going fucking wild with it. I think he's being investigated by the WBC. And I'm like, come on, man. We, we, people can't be this outdated with the slang. Like, in order for you to even understand, understand what he said, you would have to know what the slang of catching the body means. Because a lot of people, like, if you just said that to any old weirdo who didn't know, you're like, you're going to catch somebody in midair or some shit like that? Like a wrestling move? Catch a body, man, you won't take somebody the fuck out. But from what, from what I know of how people speak and shit like that, when he said catch a body in the ring, the first thing I think when I hear that is that he wants to knock somebody smooth out. Like, he wants it to be like, oh, I want it to be a massacre. Not like I actually want to kill a bunch of people, but just because the way I, I defeat this next person, I wanted to I wanted to go down in the history books. Like those fucking Mike Tyson highlight reels. Like, those Mike Tyson knockouts, those were fucking bodies. He was laying people the fuck out. And Deontay Wilder has been doing that, not quite in such a manner as uh, Mike Tyson, but he's been knocking people out. So I could see him in his brain like, oh, I'm trying to catch a body. And he, and he's comfortable. He's, you know, he's in the breakfast club. He's a, it's a mostly, I say majority black, a minority in, in environment and fan base. So people who hear him say that on the air, they're gonna understand what he's saying. Like, oh, I'm trying to catch a body. Cause people say that with anything. Like, oh, he bodied that song or she bodied that actor performance. He bodied that interview or somebody may cook some a good ass pot of crabs or some shit. Like, oh, you bodied this shit. Yes, that's, I'm, I said that because I'm in Florida. We love crabs down there. Don't judge me. But anyway, I could see what he meant in the way media twists words. Like, I'm pretty sure this shit probably hit Fox News, but because they like twist everything up, we say. But should he have been more careful? I don't know. Like, how 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 do you want a boxer to talk? How do you want a boxer to speak? And I think we need. We got to realize this more when we talk about athletes. It's like, I I don't want my linebacker and my quarterback to sound the same. I want my quarterback to say words like, yeah, we prepared well. We want to go out there and execute the game plan and make moves with precision and score touchdowns. My fucking linebacker, my defensive, my defensive tackle, my defensive end, all I want them to say is kill, attack, kill, crush, destroy. I don't want to hear none of those fancy words about, oh, we, we had to have evasive maneuvers to get through the defensive scheme. No, I want my defense to be like, we want to destroy, kill, disrupt, maim. That's what I want. I don't want a boxer talking to me about what was in the editorial this weekend in the newspaper. I want a boxer saying, hey, my game plan is to get in here, throw punches, not get hit by other punches, and knock somebody the fuck out or win on points. That's all I need a boxer to say to me, and I'm ready to watch him fight. So with them getting so caught up on the language, I think maybe it's, it's a slow media week. It's a way when shit ain't really going like you think it's supposed to go in sports, I guess, to exploit something. But good for him in a way because now it gives him more visibility because for him being the heavyweight champion of the world, he ain't that famous. He really ain't. Like you would think that a boxer of his, his, his stature, and him being outspoken as he is, you think he'd be more famous. But quite frankly, he is not, which is weird. But then you, if you look at how McGregor's famous in the UFC realm, because that has taken over for the most part where boxing left off. And the, 
I think it's because because of demographics. If you look at the majority of boxers and boxing fans, you think urban, mostly minority or Latino. You look at UFC, that shit's all over the United States. There's a lot more money that's going to come into that because you have big hubs and parts of the country where people like for real deal wrestle and shit. And that's what they that's what they're into. So they want to they want to see the grappling and the chokeholds and shit. They may everybody loves a knockout, but they may be more inclined to watch something with the technical aspect of something they're used to doing. Something that makes more sense to them, the grappling and all that shit. The Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, because even people that are not af, as athletic can learn to do that shit because it's a skill thing. Now, I'm not saying they're not athletes, but I'm not going to put them on par with, like, a boxer who's on his feet for 12 rounds. To me, that's just insane. But as I say this, it makes more sense to me now that boxing has somewhat fallen off. And with a lot of the stars from the UFC being, like, American and then in Brazil and shit like that, it just makes sense to me that you have so many different communities and areas of the country that like UFC versus boxing. Because boxing can be, it can be boring at times. It can be technical. If you're not, if you don't like the sweet science, you may not be able to watch a Floyd Mayweather fight and appreciate it. Just like I, if I don't want to see BJ Penn on his back for fucking five minute rounds, squirming around, trying not to get choked out or trying not to get in the armbar. Give me the highlights. I watch a UFC highlight reel all day, all day long. People getting slammed in their neck and kicked in the face. Yeah, I can watch that all day long. But do I really want to see guys wrestling on the mat? All nah, I'm not. That ain't for me. I've tried it before, and it, it's it's cool the fact that they train hard to be able to, to slip out of maneuvers. But it's not enough to catch my interest for the whole amount of time that it takes for a true UFC fight to happen. I can't do it. It's not for me, man. Yeah, so shout out to those who are interested in that. Uh, maybe one day I'll get to that point. But for now, I'm more of a boxing fan than the mixed martial arts guy. But, yeah, uh, Deontay Wilder, man, may, let him get some more fans, get some endorsements. He might have just fucked up all his potential endorsements when he said that. Or he may gain some. Who knows? But one thing we know for sure, we shall see. Time will always tell. Time will always tell. Uh, another interesting bit of news. I was listening to the Joe Biden podcast, and they said some shit that made me go look it up. The prison guy. So there was some mixed breed boy. Uh, he's mixed with something. I don't mean to call him mixed breed. He was, I don't know if he's mulatto or whatever. I call him gray, black, and white when I'm fucked with my homies that are mixed. But I think he's mixed. The dude, uh, they call him Felon Bay right now. But his name is uh, Jeremy Meeks. If you're listening, you might be familiar. The guy who's uh, his prison, I guess, his, uh, his, his jail fixture. His picture went viral, and all the girls were like, oh, I like this. Oh, I'd like to be locked up with him. All those this little silly shit girls were saying everything like that. So my man was a uh, got. He became famous off a prison photo. Ended up getting released. He got a modeling contract, right? And uh, he, I think he, I think he was married, or he had a girl with some kids, or whatever. He ends up leaving his girl, and he got a billionaire heiress pregnant. Now, if you're talking about a motherfucking come up, if you're talking about a for real come up, mind you, you went from prison and mugshots to fucking around with a billionaire. That's a come up. And it's unfortunate for his family. Like, I don't know what their whole situation was. Hopefully he didn't just bail on his old lady and, uh, and leave her for the other girl. I'm going to assume that there was a split at some point. I don't know enough. I didn't really want to know enough. I just know apparently he's with this new girl. And he's, this man came home, 
probably was hitting the waist extra hard while he was locked up, got a fucking modeling contract, and now he's dating a, a billionaire that he got pregnant. <laughs> I, I just know if I'm her dad, boy, am I pissed. Boy, am I pissed. Like, you are the child of a billionaire. The people you're rubbing shoulders with on a regular basis probably all have a significant amount of money. But who do you let get you pregnant? The fucking guy who's who's probably world famous right now for a goddamn mugshot. A mugshot. Who, who then became a model. And you sitting here with a billion dollars on deck and you let this motherfucker get you pregnant. That, that is crazy. Mind-boggling to say the least. But hey man, congratulations, uh, I guess. That's, that's, a, that's a hell of a come up. I hope you marry you. If you were smart, get your fetal line on. The book of fetal line has given many a man <laughs> the game plan to come up on this on this journey to to riches and fame. He's already famous. I'm pretty sure he was getting some type of money from the modeling gigs, but that is a huge come up. I just I don't think you could do no. He hit the lotto. He hit the ejaculation lotto. Bam! One shot. He's in there. And I, 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 I do feel for his old lady. I know I'm, I'm letting the jokes fly and everything like that. But I do feel for his old lady. Unless she put him out. Like, you know what, I don't want to deal with you no more. If she, if she was, you know, all about him while he was locked up and keeping tabs on him and all that shit and trying to make sure he was straight, then I, I, feel, I feel really bad. But if she was like shit on him while he was locked up and say she wouldn't let him see his kids or whatever like that, then I don't feel so bad. Like that, well... You know, you let him go. He went and became a model. He met a billionaire. Go figure, man. You got to kind of roll with that punch. Man, that's uh, <laughs> that's got to be disappointing for her, man. You get a, my man got the championship ring on one hand. On the other hand, she's sitting over there assed out. Oh, just know that child support's going to be real, though. If he ain't already on, he about to be on for real. Because <laughs> even though he don't have access to the funds yet, and who knows what's going to happen with that, with that uh, woman and her father, they're going to like, you know, we're done with you. We're going to write you off or whatever. Like they do in the movies. Or maybe, maybe my man hit the jackpot. He just better manage this relationship a little bit better than the last one. But, man, Jeremy Meeks for the win, man. Shit, that's crazy. Last week, I gave you guys my, my rundown of my top five greatest NBA players. But I didn't give you my rundown of my favorite. And I'm not going to do that this week, but I, I will talk about one of my favorites. Now, last week was the 23rd episode, right? So this week is, and I did the GOAT, you know, Michael Jordan, obviously. And um, this week is the 24th episode. So it's only natural that I give my man Kobe Bean Bryant a little bit of love. So I'm, I'm going to run down a little bit of his um his list right here. Not as extensive as MJ's, but still. He's in the GOAT conversation. All right, so he has number eight and number 24 retired by the Lakers. He was a Naismith Prep Player of the Year in 1996. NBA All-Rookie Second Team, 1997. Slam Dunk Champ, 1997. Two-time Scoring Champ, 2006-2007. Three-time All-Defensive Second Team. Nine-time All-Defensive First Team. Two-time All-NBA Third Team. Two-time All-NBA Second Team. Eleven-time All-NBA First Team. Four-time All-Star MVP, 18-time All-Star, NBA Most Valuable Player, one time, which is a fucking joke. He got robbed. 
two-time NBA final MVP, five-time NBA champion, Kobe goddamn Bryant, the Black Mamba, the one and only, but almost. And I, I like, uh, oh, and he's a gold medalist twice. Sorry, two-time two gold medalist. Forgot about that. And one of my things I like about Kobe is that he, he took his lumps coming into the league. He didn't start right away. He got there. He was just fearless. And I know I talked about this last week, but I, I'm focusing on focusing on him. I'm going to keep the focus on him, basically. Just the way he played offense and defense with ferocity, the way he could take over a game and just and just be be the guy, be the scorer. Even when Shaq on the team, there was times when Kobe Bryant had to step up because Shaq can't do it all. Like a big man, their range is only so much. But with Kobe locking down defenders and putting up 20-some-odd points a game, I just feel like it gives it gives the rest of the team a vote of confidence that they wouldn't have if they didn't have a lethal score like that. Inside, outside, mid-range, in the post, half-line, doing it all. Because best believe, while Shaq made Kobe's job a lot easier, that shit works both ways. Kobe made Shaq's job a lot easier. So anytime one's down, the other one can carry the load. If you got to watch this fucking killer on the perimeter, it's going to be kind of hard to collapse on defense when somebody can kick out the ball to Kobe or even then Kobe can kick the ball to Derek Fisher who can make threes. So it's just a hard thing to do. And then even in the post-Shaq era, when it was basically him and Pau Gasol and then the rest of the game, he made it work. He wheeled them back to the finals after they lost against the uh, the Celtics. Wheeled them to back-to-back finals wins. Like, man, come on, man. In the West. In the West right now. And then with him, even with him going through his bullshit, where for a second he wanted to be, a little bit he wanted to be traded because he didn't like the direction of the team. And then him going through those rape accusations that would have killed a normal individual. They that would have destroyed the average NBA player. Then again, the average NBA player, it wouldn't have made news like it did. But for the way he performed and, and even everything off the court, dealing with that, and then just his metamorphosis into a businessman and him having his, like, production company. Like, he just won an Oscar or some shit like that. And him learning how to, to just be in the media and always saying the right thing and calling players back and encouraging them and, and just helping elevate his team to the next level, man, you got to give some love to Kobe Bryant. So I had to... Had to name this one Mamba in honor of the Mamba, man. I don't, I'm going to say he's a great guy, but he's a guy who's done some great things. I'll say that. He's been an inspiration to a lot of people, man. Y'all remember that Sprite commercial, Kobe Bryant, Slam Dunk Giant, back in the late 90s? Come on, man. This guy was going up against Tim Duncan and them Spurs all the time, Sacramento and the Kings. Come here talking to me about LeBron. And, and you know what? And people get it fucked up. Because I, I talk about LeBron a lot because he's the best player in the world, hands down, right now. And the last person before him, I think, that I believe was the best player was obviously Kobe Bryant. But people got me fucked up when I talk about LeBron. They think I hate him. No, I love LeBron's game. I love LeBron's game. I think, for me, if I was an NBA player, I'd like to have that versatility to my game. I don't think it's going to make you the stone cold killer that you need to be to always, you know, to take the last shot, to dominate both offense and defense. You're doing a little bit of everything. You, you help, you're helping the team win. And the, the thing about LeBron is with his, his skill set, it, it's crazy, but you can be that way and not be a superstar. There's guys that get maybe five, six 
scores five, six points a game, seven, eight points a game, maybe dish out three, four assists, maybe grab like eight rebounds, but they're just not doing it on the highly elevated way LeBron's doing it. But people even with that, let's say that midline game, they're still helping the team out. But when you have like a lethal scorer and defender that's able to lock down the best the best score on the other team and then still go give you 20, that's something completely different because it neutralizes the other team and neutralizes their main score weapon. Because now, not only can this guy lock down their best score, and I'm talking about like Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, not only can he lock down their best score, he can also go give you 20 points. So he's giving you 20-plus points and then taking away 20-plus points from the other from the opposition. So I, that's, I just think it's a different animal. But with LeBron, one of the like one of the main arguments now when people bring up, oh, LeBron got all these numbers and shit like that, and it's like I said before, LeBron James has played in the East when the East was fucking trash. When the East was trash, like who was LeBron going up against in the fucking first round of the playoffs? Like who? And they say, oh, Jordan lost his lost three straight years, first round of the playoffs. I'm like, my nigga, Michael Jordan was a he was rookie of the year. When they got they got fucking swept by the and don't get I looked it up just to make sure. Don't get it fucked up. The Bucks had a good team. The the Bucks when he played, I think it was 84, 85. The Milwaukee Bucks had a couple of all-stars on that team. So you got rookie, even though he's the rookie of the year, versus a team with at least two all-stars and a few good role players in the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm like, come on, man. Y'all got to get your arguments together. Like, who's LeBron playing against in these first rounds? I'm not going to look it up because I'm not going to support your argument. So if you can look it up, get back at me and tell me why I'm wrong, cool. I might be like, man, fuck you, but I'll, I'll appreciate you. Give me some background. But that's just the first series that he lost. Let's talk about the other two. He lost two. He lost twice in the first round to like the, 80, like the 85, 86, 86, 87 Boston Celtics. That's a Hall of Fame team. They got like five Hall of Famers on that team alone. With a Hall of Fame coach. So when they say he lost in the first round, like, yeah, because he would have lost in the semifinals to that team. He would have lost in the conference finals to that team. It just happens to be where they fell in the playoff tree. So that weak-ass argument about, oh, he lost to the best team. No, he lost in the first round. Yeah, he lost in the first, in the first fucking uh, round to good goddamn teams. So that, that whole argument to me is a bunch of bullshit. Now, LeBron, he made it to the finals and he lost. Yeah, but that's when you make it to the finals, you're supposed to be the fucking guy. You're supposed to be the guy. And when you get to the finals, that lets you know you have a team. You have a really, really good team. Michael Jordan making it to the first round of the playoffs in the 80s, he had an okay team. He had a decent team. But he didn't have, like, a, a really good team. And LeBron got there one year with fucking Cleveland. But, I mean, they had a – on paper, it may not look like they had a squad, but Mo Williams puts up buckets. Don't get it fucked up. At that point in his career, Mo Williams probably can give you close to 20 a night. And they probably had the second-best center in the league in uh, Ilgowskis at the time. So they had guys who were okay on the team. So that whole argument about, nah, it's like, nah, fam. And then it even, it even proves it more because the, the team Michael Jordan had to go through to even get to the finals, he's playing against a fucking Hall of Fame team. Like, so that tells me LeBron just must have just cruised to the fucking finals if that's where it took him to lose. Because we all know, we've been watching basketball the past 15 years, we all know it's been trash in the East. Now they're competitive. Now they're competitive. But before, boy, oh boy, garbage. Let's just keep it a buck, man.
Is that all I had? Thought I had more for you fine people that listen to this podcast. That might be it, man. I might be shutting it down. I, I do have um one more thing I wanted to say. And it's about um charity work or donations or whatever. So it's donation of money versus donation of time. And which do you think is more important? For me, I will always say if you can donate your time, it's more important if you if you can. But don donation of money helps, but if you donate your time, you know exactly where your efforts went. That's the that's the big benefit to me when you donate your time. You know exactly where your efforts went and you can usually see the result on the faces of the people you donated your time to. Like I volunteered at the Ronald McDonald House serving food and to be told thank you, man, by somebody in need is, is fucking it's great. It's a great feeling. You know you're doing something to benefit somebody else and you can you get that instant you know, you get that instant uh, gratification of knowing that you made somebody else happy. So I really feel like, for me personally, donation of time is going to always outweigh the donation of money unless you have a significant amount of money that you that you can donate. So for me personally, like I, I got to find a way to volunteer more because it, it makes me feel good. It may, be, it may be a guilty pleasure for me, but it's a win-win because if I can go make myself feel good by helping somebody out, cool because we both win and you may be in a situation similar to me right now where you may not have a lot of time or you don't have the money to throw at that shit but maybe you can help out by you know creating awareness like there's never a bad thing to create awareness like if you have a platform similar to mine if you run flyers on facebook instagram if you're doing somebody something to help somebody out man you're on the right path personally so if you out there you're thinking about volunteering or donating or trying to decide between the two, man, pick what works best for you. Whether you create awareness, actually give your own money and give your own time, you're not gonna lose. So I would just, I would just move, like I say, man, move the movement, man. It's drivers only. All right. We don't ride the way we move the movement, man. It's been no playing this ride, man. Oh, before I forget, I got merch. I got t-shirts, tank tops. Bed spreads, all type of shit. Like I always say, no pressure. You don't have to buy shit, but if you want to, that's cool. That's cool, too. I just want to see people taking pictures with the shirt on, fam. That's all I really want. So if if you try to get down with the movement, man, it's um, noplayingthisride.threadless.com. That's where all the T-shirts and stuff are. There's coffee mugs, water bottles. You can get a pillow, a beach towel, some other shit. But please check it out. Um, And, yeah, you can donate to me, and I donate that money somewhere maybe i'll donate it back to this podcast to give you guys more awareness see how i tied that back in but for real um like i always say man make the next day your best day learn something tomorrow that you didn't learn today and make sure you teach somebody else that shit that's how we're going to improve man we got to start unifying and even though i get on here and i talk about race and all that shit i talk about my pro-blackness that doesn't mean i don't like other people and anybody that knows me well, no, I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, I got all these friends in the third. Nah, fuck that. That's my private life. If you disagree, fine, fuck it. I don't care. But don't be upset for me for having opinions about shit that affects black people. Because that's never going to change. Never going to change. Sorry, I can't help it. Just when you got your third out, man, you just see the other shit. Well, like I said, man, no playing this ride. Blackout. Hit me up, no playing this ride at gmail.com. It's all lowercase. Once again, no playing this ride at gmail.com, all lowercase. And 
I'm on Twitter at NoPlay247. It's capital N, lowercase o, capital P-L-A-Y, NoPlay247. There's a No Play in This Ride Facebook page, and I think that's it. Well, hit me up. Let me know what I'm doing wrong. Let me know, let me know what I'm doing right. If I mumble, if I talk fast, hey, man, I'm black from, from Florida. I got big lips. I started. You just heard me do it just then. It's what I do, man. Sorry. Rough, rugged, and raw. It's the ways I got the bees. All right, man. Appreciate y'all listening. Peace.